0: Hey, mamas, and welcome to the Entering Motherhood podcast. This is your one stop, go to place for getting you from feeling drained, exhausted, and unfulfilled in motherhood to feeling more energized, organized, and accomplished. That's the vision I continue to navigate towards, and that's the vision we are sharing with you, focusing on holistic alternatives and restructuring your mind, body, and soul from the inside out. I'm your host, Sarah Marie Bilger, a wife, mom of two, mechanical engineer v-back mom and doula serving mamas through pregnancy birth and postpartum if you're here for this if you're as pumped up as i am and searching for that fire that you know is deep inside of you then let's go let's uncover what it truly means to enter motherhood you are a rock star i believe in you let's doula this let's crank it up a notch and let's kick it into high gear together Hey mamas, welcome to another episode of the Entering Motherhood podcast. I'm super excited to share this episode with you today. We have a special guest who brings a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realm of mental and emotional well-being. So join us today as we sit down with Amber Trueblood who is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's a best-selling author, a mother of four, and they're all boys. And she has honestly dedicated over 25 years to the field of mental health and is on a mission to empower new moms and anyone honestly seeking to enhance their overall well-being. And we go into the five anxiety styles that she outlines in her book, The Unflustered Mom. And it is just so awesome to really find ways that we can learn more about ourselves because it makes us not only a better parent, but a better partner and honestly just live out our life in a more understanding way of ourselves and of others. And she does a great job doing that. So get ready for a super insightful conversation filled with practical tips, actionable advice, and a really deep understanding of yourself. So without further ado, let's dive into this transformational episode with Amber Trueblood. Hello, and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I'm happy to have you here today and get this conversation started. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners?
1: Hi, yes. So I'm Amber Trueblood. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm also a mom to four boys. Right now they are 10, 12, 14, and just about to turn 16. So I love this like period of every year. I've got like two months where their ages are all really easy to remember (laughs) because otherwise I'm always like, I always have to pause and think about it for a moment. And I am all about supporting moms um, and giving them practical strategies and insights they can use like on a daily basis to reduce stress and overwhelm so that they can A, feel better and also just show up as the type of mom, the type of human that they really would like to be. And know like not everything is going to be perfect at all times. But I think if you have the support and the strategies that are really useful and likely, like realistically, like you can actually use them, not like get up at 5 a.m., like have a nutritious green shake and go jogging for two hours, you know, like really like stuff that you can actually do and implement easily into your life because I want you to gain confidence around that and I want you to actually be able to do it. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, oh, like easier said than done. And like when somebody's just throwing things out at you, like, oh, like wake up super early and like wake up before the kids and things like that. And it's like, well, that doesn't work or that's not realistic for me. And so I think it's important to point that out and say like, what is realistic for you and like what really um, helps in your family dynamic.
1: So, um, you know, I always say that moms have there are so many individual differences. So you have different values, different priorities, different lifestyles, different personalities, different kids, different family dynamics. And you're different. Than you were a couple years ago and you're going to be different a couple years from now. And so it's really about empowering each mom with the insights and the strategies and also the confidence to say, you know yourself best. So as we go through this particular podcast and we share all these different insights and strategies, it's your job really to notice like, where am I smiling and nodding my head or being like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would, that totally used to help me. I used to do stuff like that, you know, back in school or when I was really stressed in my job and maybe that can apply now. And so it's your job to kind of notice, Oh yes, yes, yes. Here's what will work for me. Here's what I know right away. Like, yeah, that's not, that's not for me. So I love to kind of, present a smorgasbord of strategies and then also some tools like from my latest book, I talk about five anxiety styles. So I talk about like ways that you can better figure out like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These types of strategies are going to be really helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah. So you just mentioned also, you know, like
0: how different you will be or are or compared to how you were going back, you said your oldest is 16 mm-hmm. going back 16 years ago when you first entered motherhood oh yeah, what are some of the differences or what can you really remember still from that
1: stage of your own personal life and what you were going through? Barely anything no um <laughs> I mean if we're being honest, you know when I, when I work with new moms, I try to give the support that I wish I had had during that time really. Um, and so a lot of things around, you know, you know yourself best and, you know, I am a dynamo mom. And when we talk about the five anxiety styles, it's that'll become more clear, but that one's very like achievement oriented. So at one point, you know, I had four boys under the age of five and a half. Uh, which doesn't seem technically possible without twins, but it was possible. And it was, you know, it didn't seem crazy at the time. Now looking back, it feels way more crazy than it felt at the time. But, you know, I wasn't getting sleep. I didn't, I felt very isolated, even though I was surrounded by people and noise and stuff all the time. I felt intellectually bored, even though um, mentally I was exhausted, right? And doing things constantly, but not feeling like I was, making any forward progress, um, which was really frustrating for me. And when I would vent to friends or family at the time and, and my attempt to seek help or support, what I ended up getting was a lot of like, you have four little kids, like you're in it, like it'll pass just like, you'll have time later to do those other things. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for me and my personality, um, that not only wasn't helpful, but it just left me feeling crappy for even wanting other things or not being completely satiated by my mom life at that time. And I really wish I had had different advice and different support um, to know like, hey, if you know yourself, you know, you're somebody who needs this. Here are ways you can realistically do it while still like eating and sleeping and functioning as a human and being a mom that you worked so hard to like become in the first place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned the five anxiety styles. Can you kind of dive into them a little bit?
1: Yeah. So I created these as a way for people to kind of better understand themselves a little bit, not only where you soar, like where, what are your gifts that you bring to the table that chances are you don't give yourself a lot of credit for. And so, A, I want you to like acknowledge and give yourself credit and kudos for those amazing qualities that you have, but also realize that like not everybody has those skills and talents. And so we often expect other people to show up in the world, how we are like either to be on time or to be trustworthy or to be creative or be more organized or be have that vision of the future or whatever it is, the way that we naturally look at the world. And when other people don't show up in the same way, sometimes it can be really frustrating. Or then everybody in the world seems to lean on you for that because they're like, you're really good at this. And you're like, I'm already handling so much for moms with different anxiety styles. I wanted them to understand like, this is where you shine, but also it might be where you're not satiated, where it triggers some anxiety or triggers some sadness or triggers some frustration. And so each of these five kind of like, You know, if you've followed the five love languages at all, where you kind of understand, oh, this is how I like to give and receive love, but you give and receive love through like gift giving or, you know, doing small tasks. And I like to hear words of affirmation. Meanwhile, we're both communicating what we think is loving toward the other person, but it's not being received in that way. So the anxiety styles work similarly in the sense that once you understand your own and then you understand how your partner or your best friend or your mother-in-law might differ, then it opens up like, oh my gosh, okay, now I get it. I get it. I get it. Why this, why this might trigger them. And like, to me, it's like, not a big deal at all. Like, why are they freaking out about this? Right. Or vice versa. So the five are the lover, the fighter the executive, the visionary and the dynamo. and we can we can dive into them however you like because it you know, in the book it goes in really deeply into like contributing factors, strategies, preventative strategies for stress and overwhelm like i break it up things you can do every morning, a couple times a day, like little tiny things that take seconds, right? Or you do while you're driving or while you're, you know, checking your email. Um, and then things you can do once a week and then things once a year that really help support you as that particular anxiety style. And then I have like communication strategies and lifelong lessons and mantras and guided meditations and all, all kinds of good stuff. So you tell me like, what sounds interesting? What should we dive into?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think all of it is so interesting. And I love how you said, you know, not only understanding yourself, but once you kind of can see those patterns in other people, it helps make it be like, okay, like they're coming from somewhere like this is happening for a reason. It's not
1: just kind of trying to drive you crazy.
0: (laughs) Right. And I think it's like in those moments, sometimes it can feel like it. Like I know me personally, I very much am very observant of my children. Like they're kind of like running around doing things, they are always kind of maybe like crawling up on something that they could fall down from. Or like, um, for example, we were just at a wedding this past weekend, and my daughter was like, dancing on the dance floor like going crazy and she's like swinging her hips and like cruising around and I see the trajectory of where she's heading and it's going yeah. right into my youngest so yeah. I saw her literally like about to just side swipe him and knock him over onto the concrete floor yeah. of the dance floor so like I quickly like run up and I swipe him up and she just continues to go and we just avoided this mass collision and somebody's like whoa like how would you see that coming like like mom skills and i'm like how did you not see that coming right right and so like i'm always like hyper aware and alert of like what they're doing and i'm planning out like these next moves and sometimes when i just want to take a break and relax and sit down and i'm observing somebody else like watching them or playing with them and then they get hurt or they fall right. off of something i'm like how did you not see that but yeah. it's like they don't have my mind they don't have that you know mindset and they're not in that track of thinking. And mm-hmm. it's like, I can't be mad at them for the, like for that. Right. But right. it's also like very frustrating because you want to be able to, you know,
1: have break, other people. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Right. right. And so, yeah, I think just kind of like maybe digging into the dynamic of when two different types of styles collide.
1: Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's all about insight, right? Cause once we understand ourselves and other people, then we can communicate better. Like, Hey, this is really important. And you know, like where you can delegate and where you can't, or where, you know, it's not going to benefit you. And if you are going to delegate, what can you let go of and know like, okay, well, as long as I take everything glass out of here and know, you know, we're not going to be playing near any cliffs okay, there might be some mild injuries, but, you know, or we can go to this playground, but that other playground, I don't feel safe having anybody take them, but myself, you know, or is it finding that one babysitter or nanny or best friend who has similar age kids who parents similarly, who does have that way of that sixth sense of showing up, you know, whereas you might have other parents that, you know, they're not watching for that, But they're bringing these like beautifully curated snacks or, you know, and that's why I do wish we had more communities like that, where you're like, okay, you're amazing at bringing the snacks and you seem to love to do that. So you bring the snacks, I'll watch the swings, you know, like let's, let's use our, you know, our own best traits and, and qualities. But unfortunately for most moms, like we have to play all of those different roles and, Most of us, unfortunately, somehow expect ourselves. I was just writing a chapter for my next book and I was, and it's about parenthood in general. And I was talking about how like we expect ourselves to be good at all of these different things. And, you know, there's not a guidebook. And when you have, when you're pregnant or you're breastfeeding, you know, you have people to go to, right. You have resources, you have regular doctor's appointments, people are checking in with you. And then you have toddlers and all kinds of different problems show up, and there's no easy go-to for support. You talk to friends, or you talk to family members, or you know, oh, my kid's biting, or they, you know, they see they're always, you know, like knocking things over, and like, is it a like, are do they have a vestibular problem, <laughs> or is it just like they have a balance issue, or you know, or what is it, you know? So, I. I think that uh, I got off topic here, but what, what I wanted to say was, you know, self kindness and self um, acceptance and self awareness. I think as moms is the first step, because if you're busy beating yourself up or you know having these crazy expectations of ourselves, then we often don't get the support we need. Like it's not even that it's just like not very nice to yourself, but I always like it's it's more important than that. It's yes, I want you to be nice to yourself but also you can't get the help or support you need if you're busy beating yourself up for something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the awareness too, is such a key thing because like one, like I always say, like, if you're listening to this, you're like proactively going out of your way to find answers and solutions and resources, and you're seeking that knowledge. And I think like you have to even give yourself credit for that. Like you might feel like, oh, I'm not doing anything or I'm not doing enough. And it's like, you're yeah. searching for information of how you can, you know, be the mom you want to be and yeah. and get the information that you need to know to hopefully be on a better path. And so like it might seem like something little or it might seem like, you know, you're not really doing much, yeah. but you are. And I think like bringing that awareness to it and seeing, you know, those little tiny pieces of what is actually happening can be super hard when you're in the thick of it. And like you said, like, it's like looking back, like now you can see like all the stuff that you were, you know, in and doing and how crazy it was to have four kids, like under five. But like when we're in it, it's just so much like, it's so hard to really grasp what's going on. And I think, you know, what would you say to that? Or like, how, how can we bring more awareness to the situation?
1: Yeah. Well, I think the, the first step, like you said, is if you're here, you're already well on your path. You know, you could be eating, you know, you could just be like watching cat videos in your car and like eating a Mm -hmm. whole like bucket of chips or something. Um, but you're not, or maybe you're doing that too <laughs> but at least you're also listening to this um and you know and I want to give your listeners some good stuff that they can like take to the bank right now that can help them and so I'll do that in the in the through the lens of these anxiety styles so for instance and there's a quiz so they can take um it's called flourish it's at flourishquiz.com so they can take the quiz and see Um, which anxiety style they have. But the first one that I talk about the lover mom is all about really feeling connected to other people in their life, wanting to feel wanted, feel loved, feel appreciated by other people. And it's all about, you know, that's what lights you up. And also maybe what can feel, um, you know, can lead to anxiety and sadness when it's not satiated. So sometimes for lover moms, like coming home to an empty house or having people cancel plans on you or um, finding out that, you know, while you were out of town, a bunch of your friends finally got together for dinner and you missed it. Like that can be really heartbreaking for um, lovers. So people with lover anxiety styles, it's really about spending your time and energy facilitating those connections. And also knowing that you are worthy of the time and attention of other people. And if they do cancel, or if they do get together, like, it doesn't mean let's not let your mind spiral into like, oh, do they not like me? Or they, you know, they didn't invite me on purpose, or Is somebody upset at me, or did my kid say something to their kid, you know, like, you know, a lot of times that can, that can spiral into, unhealthy ways. So being aware of that and also communicating to the people close to you in your life, how important it is that you have time with them. So if your partner though, for instance, is an executive, um, And each of these has like, goes so much deeper. So I'm going to try to just kind of just hit the highlights of each of these. So if you're somebody who like loves those personality style, you know, quizzes and things like that, there's a, you can dig in a lot deeper um, to either the audio book or the physical book, the unflustered mom, it goes into a lot more details, but the executive, for instance, is all about feeling emotionally safe through control, through planning through organizing, through knowing what's to come. So these like last minute changes or last minute, like lots of times, maybe they had childhoods that were very um, not dependable, right? And so um, maybe they moved a lot or there were lots of divorces or um, marriages or, you know, military you know kids with a lot of uncertainty and so you seek that stability right you become very good at being prepared and being organized and knowing what's to come you're very dependable and loyal and trustworthy and so those are all beautiful qualities so often if somebody else doesn't have those things it can be really unsettling so if you put those two together and you have an executive who is like you know has maybe their lover partner come home to them and say, Oh my gosh, like I just got tickets to go here. Like we all get to be together this weekend and let's all go. And like, let's just cancel our plans. Like, it's like the best news ever. We just get to spend time together. And the executive is like, hold up. Like I had all this stuff planned for us and you're just throwing that out the window. And so if they don't know that about one another, right. Then the lover could not could interpret that as like, she doesn't wanna spend time with me. And, you know, this is not important to her and how could a soccer game or doing paperwork be more important than, you know, spending this time together. Um, And the executive could at the same, at the same like turn of the same coin feel like they're not being respected or loved. And so, but if they know that about one another, they can communicate differently. Uh, then we have the fighter who is really about feeling at their core, like a survivor, like a protector of other people. And they're very comfortable in the chaos, in challenge, when they see an injustice or a bullying situation in the world or an unfairness, whether it's like at their kid's school or in their neighborhood or in their family or on the like world stage, they tend to jump in to get involved because um, often when they were children, there wasn't, there was chaos or uncertainty or trauma, and there wasn't anybody that jumped in to protect them enough. And so they can't help it, right? Um, they also are are really comfortable in the chaos. And so the flip side of that is when things are kind of fine and calm and healthy and happy, that could be very unsettling to fighters um, because they kind of have learned not to trust it. So it's not that they necessarily don't think that they deserve happiness or peace. It's just like, okay, well, something's going to go wrong. And I, I don't want to be caught with my pants down. I want to be prepared. So they might like poke at things. Okay. This job feels fine. This boss feels fine, but like, I'm going to poke here. I'm going to poke at this relationship or I'm going to poke around my finances and do something risky because. I know how to deal with that, What I don't know how to deal with is when everything's calm. So I have a lot of strategies for each one of these is when you are feeling uncomfortable and uncertain and or anxious, what can you do in a healthy way? Not the poking way, right? <laughs> um, to to move through it, right? So that it's benefiting your life so that you're using your, your um, amazing superhero traits And also protecting yourself in areas that, you know, are really important to you. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that you kind of just said that because I've always, um, you know, well, not always, actually. It's just like more recently, like after entering motherhood, like becoming a mom myself, like I've wanted to really work through those things versus like just kind of push it aside or, you know, Struggle through it yeah. or just do what I can to like move on to the next stage. And so it's been like a really interesting way of going about coping with, with difficult moments and stuff. When I try to take that, you know, longer route of really understanding and really going through it, because I think what motivated me to do a lot of that was, you know, having children and wanting to know, okay, if they go through something like this, I don't want to tell them, you know, just suck it up. Like, let's go, like, let's move on. I want to try to teach them, like, how can we work on this? And so I felt like if I know this, you know, work and if I can be doing this, yeah. stuff, it's going to be so
1: much easier to be able to do that with them.
0: And so like, it's
1: so true. Yeah. It's so true. And you can learn together like, Hey, you know what I just learned? And, and I want to share some strategies with you right now that we can, or not right now, but today that we can help ourselves and help our kids because you can learn with them too. You'd be like, oh my gosh, I found when I'm really frustrated, when I'm really angry or when I feel sad, you know, I've just learned this new thing. We can, do you want to try it together? Or if they just see you do it, um, you know, there's so many cool strategies we can, we can do to help ourselves and help our children. But you brought up an interesting point is like this, pushing it away and just powering through works for a minute. (laughs) But it adds up that that stuff you just pushed under the rug will start to get higher and higher and higher. And I think that's why so many women, especially I find um, right around the time they turned 40 is when all of a sudden they're like, OK, I need I need deeper help than this because I've been just, you know, in survival mode for so long. And and then things start to crack. Right. And it could be your physical health. It could be your relationship right? It could be all of a sudden you're like, I can't relate to any of the friends I have in my life anymore. Um, It could be your career or lack of career or where you were thought you were headed versus where you ended up. So a lot of that seems to come to a head, like around that age. And so if you are younger than that and you see it coming and you can start to not be sweeping stuff so much under the rug, it's, you're going to give yourself like a huge head start. <laughs>
0: I guess I'm ahead of the game on.
1: (laughs) You're way ahead of the game. I mean, I am about to turn 49 next month, and I've been watching, you know, moms go through these journeys. And I love that, you know, podcasts like yours exist because you know, then people can understand, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one going through these struggles. And, you know, where you're sharing these amazing experts left and right with them that are, you know, resonating with different listeners at different times and different days. and They can circle back and listen to them over and over again. It's huge. It's huge benefit. Yeah. I think
0: I was doing that work. Like I'm a huge podcast listener. And so I was, you know, like listening to all these podcasts and listening to this stuff. And I was like, you know what, there's just not like all of this in one spot. Like I was like pulling from here, pulling from there and things like that and trying to find, you know, and like, there are so many like mom podcasts and like podcasts geared for moms and things, but it was that like, you know, just entering motherhood, like really going through it for the first time and really trying to understand like, how can we be situating ourselves so that we aren't getting to be 40 and feeling like what happened? Like, where is life? Like, how have we gotten here? And it's like, I've always tried to be like more proactive in this approach. And so in gaining all of the information and knowledge that I was finding, I was like, how
1: can I do it so that other people can, you know, find this information. Okay. Do we have time to, I can, I'd love to share some stuff that will help. First of all. Okay. So for, for new moms, I always, always, always recommend, you know, you've got to focus first on your physiological needs, because I can give you all of these amazing mind bending, like incredible, even in the moment or preventative strategies. But like, if you're not sleeping, like, hardly at all, or you're not eating like, so that it's fuel for your body and your brain, like you're like technically eating, but you're not really eating in a way that is feeding your body and your mind. Um, you just can't, you can't function. Right. Um, and if you're feeling super isolated and either emotionally like just overwhelmed in with anxiety or overwhelmed with sadness or overwhelmed with like anger, cause that is, another thing that happens, um, then it doesn't matter. I could give you like 475 tools and you're not going to be able to use them or implement them in any sort of effective way. So, you know, with sleep, for instance, first of all, it, it will get better. I promise it will get better. Like, cause in the moment, I know sometimes it feels like it won't at all. Um, and there are very, there are simple things that you can do that help. Like if you go, um, actually anybody who buys my book, if you go to the website, there's like, and you put in like, oh, I'm a lover mom or I'm a dynamo mom. You get all of these, like a guided meditation and all this stuff in your inbox. And one of the things I have in there for everybody is my favorite, like nine, it's a PDF with nine sleep tips. They're very, very simple. And I'm not, don't do all nine. Like just pick one to add, like one be like, oh yeah, that would help. I'm gonna I'm gonna make my room darker or I'm gonna uh, plug in my phone outside so that I'm not, not waking up on my phone or I'm going to turn off my phone 15 minutes before I go to sleep at night or I'm gonna not work from my bed. So like there's all these very, very simple things and I just want you to implement one this week. And then, if you're like, oh, that was easy, I could totally do that. Then next week, choose just one more. (laughs) Like, let's, I always want to, you know, build momentum instead of like, now, if you're a fighter, you might be like, I'm going to do all of them right now because that's how you function. It's like all or nothing, you're extremes. And that's how you, that's how it's just way more fun that way. Then do all of them, then do all of them, you know, but only if you're in that zone, if you're somebody who like, goes from one extreme to the other. And that's just how you make transitions in your life and, and build new habits as you, you tend to like go from, you know, paleo to vegan to like drinking probably too much to like not drinking at all, even an ounce, even a sip ever, you know, like if you're like that, then do all of them. Otherwise choose one and add it for eating. Uh, eating can be tough because just time, like time and money, like if you have all the time and money in the world, real easy, Uh, maybe not real easy, but it's much easier to eat healthy, you know, and, and there's ways that you, this is where you got to link it to what's important to you. So like, I love hacks that like help you change something that you want to change. Not because like you've It's if you feel like you should do it, like, oh, I know I should eat more green vegetables or I should drink more water. I know I'll feel better. And I know I get headaches because I'm not drinking enough water or I know I should stop drinking so much coffee. I know guilting your way into a healthier habit, I don't think works. It just doesn't work um, long-term and it results in making you feel crappier in the long run because it doesn't work. And you're like, see, I couldn't even do that couldn't even drink more water or go for like a five minute walk during the day, like whatever it is. So let's not set you up for like failure. There's enough things that you're doing amazingly well that you're not giving yourself credit for. I don't want to give you something to beat yourself up on. Right. So how can you hack it into, and I have like um in the book, in the Unflustered Mom, I have a lot of like motivational strategies and um habit hacks that they go into detail, like how to figure out, like where to hack, like where to make it as easy as possible to implement something. So like, I'll just use, or you tell me like, what's something you feel like you should do more of like, as an, as a new mom, like drinking water or going to sleep ear- earlier. Yeah. Or I mean, I Meditating.
0: think, yeah, I think a lot of it is like being present, maybe
1: like, okay. you know,
0: you want to be more present. You feel like you're just not you know, there with your baby when you're supposed to be, you feel like you're not present with your partner. You just feel like you're pulled in so many different ways and that you literally can't be present in
1: one single moment. Okay. I think that's a great one. That's one I've struggled with for a long time. Um, And I get better in certain ways and, you know, it ebbs and flows. First, I want to say it's very, very, very normal and human to, especially as a new mom, because um, for your mind not to always be in the present moment, because like you said, you're always anticipating what's going to happen next with the, you know, with the wedding and the dancing and the trajectory that you mentioned, like for your survival and for the survival of your kids, you have to be thinking of the future. So you can't always a hundred percent be in the present moment. So You learn very quickly. Like I have to anticipate like, okay, yeah, we're getting in the car to go to the park, but I didn't pack the diaper bag, because I forgot to order the stuff. Like you have to be thinking ahead all the time. So the first part of it is just part of it is being human and being a mom that there's a section of your brain that is going to be for a long time focused on the future. And if you weren't, your life gets to be a hot mess pretty quick because there's poop everywhere and nobody slept and there's no food in the fridge. And so part of it is just like, let's forgive ourselves because if you weren't focused on the future um, then that can be really tricky. I I think I talk about it in this book um, or it could have been my first book, Stretch Marks, where there was a point in time when my husband was like, I don't even feel like I know you anymore. You're so like serious and you're so like worried about this and that. No, 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 no. Like, I feel like I'm living like, he tried to say it as nicely as possible, but like with like a general, with like a, a sergeant in the army, like what happened to my like fun and happy and carefree, like, person that I was attracted to. And you're like, I don't know what happened to her. <laughs> like, I I don't, why are you more nervous? Like, why are you more stressed out? Like, ah, and, um, and that's unfortunate. And it does happen. And it's like, I don't know, but I also don't know how to be different right now because boy, I'm just trying to keep everybody safe and happy and healthy. And this is the only way I know how to do it. So the, that's a really long way of saying like, it's okay. It's normal. And let's be kind to ourselves about that and then for those moments that you're like I I don't want to miss this I do want to be paying attention to this right now how do I do that right um and so there's ways that you know putting yourself in situations that require like this is where I'm all about hacks like what do you love to do what's like a a creative ish thing that you you personally love to do
0: this. I think talking to people, I think creating content, I think really just putting stories into a way that people can learn something from. I think that really
1: lights me up. (laughs) Pulling your kids into a pseudo version of that. Let's play podcaster. You ask me questions. How, what (laughs) questions would you ask? I'm going to interview this person and they're an expert in, you know, food. What should I ask them? And not like, not that you're going to use it for anything. I mean, it'd probably be cute as heck if you did. (laughs) But like, um, I loved to um, paint when my kids were really little. So we would talk, we would do drawing and painting or go look at drawings or paintings and things like that. I would say one hack that you can do to be more present with your kids in your life Um, Because it's easy to be present right now with other adults, but this isn't your life full-time, right? You can't do this all the time, right? And so can you bring that into other areas of your life where you're wanting to be more present? And a way to do that is think of something you like, not, oh, they love stickers or they love Paw Patrol or they love, you know, skateboarding. Like my kids skateboard, my kids, I have four boys. They all have a lot of interests that um, are not only like not my interests, I can't relate, directly, but they make gray hair all over my head because watching them at a skate park is just like, oh, okay, oh, that's amazing. Oh my God. Or like, oh, that's so loud. Like they all play music um, they have an amazing band and they play music and it's great. But like, also I'll be in the middle of a interview or writing and the drum set is like right on the other side of this wall. So it's really loud in my house. And so finding ways like now i I love to read and I love to write. So I still, to this day, read to my younger two boys every single night. And even if I'm out of town or I'm at a conference or I'm like this weekend I'm doing a retreat, if I'm done, I try to be done by nine thirty, and then we read from nine to nine thirty or from nine thirty to ten. like summer has gone a little bit later than for the school year. But, um, and we read books that I want to read. Mm, Yeah, Like, so it's not about like, oh, what stupid book are we reading now? Like if it's a, if it's a series I can't get into, we pick a new one and it makes it fun for me and it helps allow me to be in the present moment much more easily. And it's fun because I'm doing something that I like to do. And it's important for kids to see that too, to see that side of you and also see it's not 100% about them all the time and if they see that you love it and that it's providing an opportunity for them to really get like 100% mom attention chances are they're going to be they're going to get into it does that make sense yeah
0: yeah i think yeah i think it is one of those things like you know they want your attention they want to be around you they want you to be doing something and if you don't have that interest in Playing with their game they or their toy or their right so like they if you are it. doing something that you're super passionate about you're super interested yeah. in and you're doing it with them they're gonna see yeah. that passion and excitement yeah. and so yeah it's like it's like things like that like thank you so much for sharing that because it's like you hear those things and it's like yeah, that makes so much sense. And it's, what can you say to like how we can really, you know, maybe we're excited and we want to do this thing, but it's like actually implementing those things, like actually going out. And, you know, maybe if it is, you like to paint, like going to the store, buying the stuff. Like, what if you think they're going to make a mess? Like, yeah. that brings on more anxiety. <laughs>
1: totally. Totally. And if, and then, you know, and that's when you, ha- it's about knowing yourself. So if you're like, I am not getting out a bunch of paints and putting them everywhere. So then maybe it's like, oh, I get um, watercolor markers. Right. And we just do it with paper or we do it with chalk in the backyard. Like, and that, so I would say like, choose the thing that feels like it would be more fun than stressful. And then just take one step in that direction today. So whether that's clearing a space on your calendar for it, whether that's ordering the box of chalk on Amazon, whether that's um, calling a girlfriend who's super creative and does this regularly with her kids. And she has a space that like can get super messy and it won't be at your house and saying, hey, how about we come over this weekend and I'll bring the like, you know, snacks and margaritas and we use your arts, you know, whatever, you know. So just taking one step in that direction today, like before bedtime tonight or before your bedtime tonight um, will, I think, is the best way to to move forward. And then, like I said, in the in the book, I have these different motivational like tactics so that you can kind of hack your motivation style so that you, it makes it as easy as possible to take one more step in that direction.
0: Yeah. Cause I think that's really what it is. Like understanding that it can be easy and it doesn't have to be another thing on your to-do list. It doesn't have to be another thing. Then you're not going
1: to do it. Then it's just Mm -hmm. not going to happen. So like, why waste your, I don't want to waste your time. So it's got to be something you enjoy and it's got to be something that is easy to implement. So sometimes it's like a certain time of day or you link it to another habit. Like you know, I'll give an example of like drinking more water, let's say. Um, Almost everybody can benefit from drinking more water, right? And if you can, you know, get sneaky about it. Like sometimes I get these little, the little dissolvable things that have like vitamins and whatever minerals and things in it, or they're, um, or it just makes it taste better. It's like a fizzy thing that has like just vitamin C or something. I don't know. Um, So if you're somebody who needs to drink more water and you know, oh, I love lemon water. So if I go you know, get a bunch of lemons from my neighbor or or add it to my you know, grocery list every time I go, or if I know I'll drink water if it's cold, or I know I'll drink water if I see it. So I just have to put like cups of water where at the three places I spend most of my time during the day, like a bottle in the car, a bottle at my desk, and a bottle by the kitchen sink or whatever. Um, one of the the women who uh, created Hint Water, the founder of Hint Water, she wrote this really cool book called Undaunted. Um, she's a friend of mine, and she said, you know, her story of starting hint water, she she was drinking like nonstop diet Coke, like a lot of diet Coke every day. And she was beginning to have like health issues from it. And, um so she was like, I need to drink more water, but like water's so boring. I don't like. <laughs> you know so she so she not only like started adding like fruit to her water, but she would fill up eight glasses and just like put them out in the counter in the morning. Cause she worked from home, I think at the time and she would just keep drinking them until, but she had to have that, like pour them all out it ahead of time. I have this water bottle that literally like has the time of day and you, and you're like supposed to refill it like at lunch and then you start over. And you know, so that's what helps me remember like, oh, but then, you know, I poured an extra one here. So if anything, I'm getting extra, but there's things that you already know, like, oh, I'm probably going to do this more if, and then you do that thing because it's going to make it so much easier. And chances are with really good habits, like drinking water or meditating, or being in the present moment, the other benefits are so, um, impactful, like once you've been doing it for three days or five days or a week, then if all of a sudden you don't have your water, you're like, where's my water? Like, oh my gosh, I'm so thirsty because your body is now expecting it, right? Same thing with meditation. Once you start meditating regularly and you're like, oh my God, why was I so crabby today? Oh yeah. We had a doctor's appointment before school and I didn't meditate. You start to notice when you don't have it. So it's not like you're going to have to hack it for Forever. If it's a really good habit, then you should see benefits in your life right away that will then make it more self propelling. Right. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, you know, like, that's definitely something that has always helped me. And I think, you know, specifically with water, I've always found if I have a cup with a straw, then I like somehow like drink it more. So like that's specifically for me, like, I know that that's going to help me, but like, I think sometimes it just gets so hard when like your schedule is off and in those early like weeks and months and and times, or if like all of a sudden, like, like again, with the, the wedding, like we were running around and doing all the stuff and everything. And it was like, wait, I didn't eat lunch. And and so it's like, you get all of a sudden like, oh, well, that's why I'm cranky and angry. And like, that's why like, I'm, I'm in such a bad mood because like, I forgot to eat. And so I think it's like, again, like bringing awareness to it and like saying, like, I need to do those basic tasks because it is like the schedule gets thrown off or, you know, like, and I always try to not beat myself like I wasn't like oh man like I'm so mad at myself like I didn't eat but like it's like those thoughts pop up and of course like my kids too like I was like
1: well did they eat anything like <laughs> yeah where they're like oh wait they just had all the donuts from the like sweet table and nobody's had a real meal for 12 hours yeah um and you know some of that will happen like you said and you just need to forgive yourself and move on. And other times we can also depend on other people and call in other people like, Hey, you know, my sister's going to be there and she, you know, doesn't have any kids yet. And I can, and maybe I don't want her to like necessarily like take the kids. Cause we're going to all be together, but I can say, Hey, will you remind me to eat this weekend? Because I know it's going to be so hectic that I won't eat. You know, will you help me with that asking people who care about you for very specifically will you remind me to eat? Will you bring me water? Will you, you know, and um and your your partner, you know? So if you have a parenting partner in your house or even if it's a relative, you can say, "Hey, can you help me do this or remind me to, you know, whatever it is or, you know, bring the phone charger, you know, because like great. Now I can't get a hold of everybody cuz my phone is dead. Yeah. Right. Or print out the directions ahead of time or whatever it is um, that can make your life easier. Sometimes as moms, we get in the habit of juggling so many tasks so efficiently that people, and then we're like this kind of like Tasmanian devil of like swirling and that everybody else is kind of like, okay, she seems, she seems to know what she's doing. She seems to have it. And meanwhile, we're spinning in the middle going like, there was a time when I had four little ones. My husband was working um, very long hours and he was working out of town and I had just sprained my ankle and we had to move. And I was like, how are not all of my friends? And I didn't have, the, I don't have that many family members, but like, how are people not being like, hey, are you okay? Do you need anything? Like, can we go grocery shop? Like this was before like Instacart and all this stuff. And I reached out to my sister and my mom like a few months in, cause I was a wreck. I was losing my shit. Like I was like losing my mind. And um, they were both like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like you're already, you already function so much higher capacity than we, like, we don't understand how you have four kids, period. How you have four kids and your husband's not there. Like we already don't understand how you're doing it. So like, we don't know where your limits are. Like they had no idea that I was not okay. So lots of times, we can't assume, please, please, please don't assume other people know you need help when you need help. And so often love, luckily, luckily, luckily women, and this is where, you know, not all women, but most of the time you have people that you can text or call and say, Hey, so Sarah, I am not okay. I'm not okay. This weekend. And like, I could not even know you very well. And I could text you and be like, Hey Sarah, I know we just met, but like, I'm so not okay this weekend. And you could be like, okay, what do you need? Like talk, do you need just to talk to me about it? Do you need help? Like, do you need to like order you some food and have it sent to your house? Like nine times out of 10, we know the people that we can reach out to and just say, I am not okay. That's the step first, first step. And the second step is, if you already know exactly what you need, like, I just wanted somebody to like, if you're already at the store, just be like, Hey, do you need toilet paper or anything like that would save my life right now? A, just like knowing I'm somebody's thinking about me and I'm not in this totally by myself and be like, we, yes, we're out of toilet paper and I need some more. And like to get all four of these people in the car to go just to buy toilet paper, like might just kill me right now.
0: Yeah. I yeah. think it it takes a lot to say like, I need help. And like to even then also on top of that, like realize like what you need help doing or what you need. And so I think, yeah, just like taking the time to, to think about that
1: and see like, where do you need help or what is it that you yeah. feel you need? I think. And- and if you're asking, I mean, I have a lot of strategies communicating with your partner about this. So like a couple small tips are, you know, don't delegate something that you really, really want to be done a certain way or within a certain time frame. Like if it's going to bug you that they don't do it this certain way or that they don't do it like right this second, um, then try not to delegate that. Also, you want to add, it would make me really happy. Like, or it would really, oh my God, make me so much less grouchy if, like explain the benefit as you say it. And men tend to respond really nicely if you say it would make you happy because they really want you to be happy. (laughs) They really, (laughs) really, really really want you to be happy both for themselves and for you, you know? And when you're stressed out, overwhelmed, new mom, um, lots of times what they see is that you're not happy. And that they don't know what to do to help. So if you say like, oh my gosh, like I know the trash cans don't need to be out until two o'clock, but like it's freaking stressing me out that they're not out right now. Do you mind just like, I know it's not like even saying like, I know it might sound crazy to you and it's not like, but for whatever reason, like it would make me feel so much better if the trash cans were just already out there. Could you do that for me? It would make me so happy that is approaching it that way is so, so much more helpful for both parties, because then they can feel like they're really showing up for you. So being specific, saying why it will make you happy, not delegating something that is going to just irritate you because it's not done a certain way. And maybe it's not that you want them to do it. It's that you want acknowledgement for doing it. So being clear about like, do I want just credit? Like I want somebody to show up and be like, Hey, amazing job. You know, thanks for doing 8 million things today. You know, being really honest with ourselves about what do we want? Do we want a credit? Do we want appreciation? Do we want somebody to really take it off our plates? Also, are we doing stuff that we don't really have to do as lots of times the men in our life will be like, why? I don't even know why you said yes to these five other things. Why are you even doing them? You like So you can't really complain about this over here because I just saw you take on four extra things. So sometimes it's more explanation. Well, actually I said yes to volunteering in my kid's preschool class today because I think there's a kid in there that is doing a little, you know, not cool like bullying situation and I wanna see it myself or I wanna meet the mom. Ah, okay, then they maybe understand. Or I wanna get to know the teacher so that if there is a problem, She is comfortable reaching out to me. Like chances are you have ulterior motives for all the things you're doing and you just feel like you shouldn't have to explain it to them. But sometimes taking that time to go ahead and explain to them your thinking will get you on, get them on board. And then also the next time you do something like that, they're going to hopefully give you that, that benefit of the doubt. Oh, Sarah, there's a reason. There's a reason for this. She's just, she's not just trying to make herself crazy. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that has been something like with me and my husband when I like explain a thought process or like why I'm thinking a certain way or doing a certain thing. Um I think it allows him like
1: insight into the why or what I'm doing. And, you know, they aren't mind readers. Like nobody is. And (laughs) a lot of moms get into this, like I shouldn't have to, shouldn't have to explain, or, you know, I shouldn't have to go, you know, tell them how happy this makes me when they do this, because I, nobody does that for me. And so, yeah, you can, you can totally go off on that tangent and you can get real upset doing those things. Great. (laughs) <laughs> um, however, I don't think in the long run, it's going to help you emotionally. It's not going to help your relationship. And if what you really want is long-term ease and happiness and satisfaction and support and community and guidance and, you know, to feel appreciated and heard, uh, then I would try this other way <laughs> See yeah. if that if that works better for you.
0: Awesome. Is there any other, I mean, like your book sounds amazing. Like everything that you're doing is, is just such great work. And I think, I think, I don't know if it's like a new current thing, but like so many people love hearing ways to learn more about themselves and like, I think in understanding how we work and how we function, it really gives a reason for actions that we take or things that we're doing that we might think are just you know, everybody does this, but it's like that subconscious talking or like really rooted in who we are. And I think, you know, like, like the Enneagrams or like, even like Zodiac signs like that, like Zodiacs have always been like a personality kind of trait and thing and finding out about ourselves. So I think another quiz or way of like really understanding, um, a deeper level of who we are and then having tips and hacks and, and ways that we can really improve our life is just so
1: beneficial. Awesome, well, and in the book too, like there's a whole chapter on in the moment strategies. We didn't get to uh, really any of those, but um, there's literally like a list of things. Here's what you could do if you have one minute or less. Here's what you could do if you have 10 minutes or less. And here's what you could do if you have 30 minutes. I figure if you have more than 30 minutes, you probably, you know, then you can go play tennis or go for a jog or, you know, do an hour long yoga class. Then, you know, you probably know the things that are in that category, but it's the ones that like are much that are effective in very short periods of time that I think people don't, um, don't know about and don't use as often as, as we could. So there's a whole host of very, very short, simple strategies you can use. So you can just use it as like a reference guide, or if you have the audible book, um, I don't remember what chapter it's in, but (laughs) you can figure it out.
0: Awesome. Well, do you have any other final, you know, words of wisdom, pieces of advice, something that somebody that's, you know, going through this motherhood journey, you know, in that pregnancy, early postpartum time, that's like listening
1: to this right now, like, what would you want to say to them? Oh, goodness. You know, I would really want to say like... Especially, you know, my first thought goes to your anxiety style. So, you know, depending on what really lights you up, whether that's quiet time, whether that's connecting with one other person, whether that's, you know, doing a, a side business that is just fills you up and you need, you want to have just something to your own, even if you work on it 20 minutes once a week, right? Do that one thing that, you know, will light you up, even if it's just one, you know, 20 minute block once a week. That's awesome. Well, thank you. This has You're been welcome. great. It was really fun, and I hope it was helpful to all your listeners. And um, I'll make sure you have the the quiz link and the book link and all that stuff. As well. Yeah.
0: Where else are you? Like, obviously, you know, we talked about the book, and I'll put all the links in the show notes. But like, where are you on social media? Where else can we reach you? What's the best way to contact you if somebody's listening and they want to? Yeah.
1: Know, follow. Oh, you? Yeah. Okay. Well, Instagram. I'm at official Amber Trueblood. And, um, I have a community on Facebook, uh, you I don't know if you're depending on if you guys are on Facebook, um, it's called the unflustered mom community and, uh, it's a private community. So you just, you know, ask to be invited and, and go through the questions. And, um, and then the book, the unflustered mom is available everywhere, anywhere you get books, independent bookstores, um, Amazon, um, Barnes and noble target.com or on audible if you want to listen to it.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you. And just a side note, I love your last name because did you <laughs> ever watch True
1: Blood? I did. Well, no, actually I didn't watch it. My husband's a photographer and he was like, he worked on it for a little bit. Cause he was like, no I way. have to work on True Blood. Cause that's just funny that it's our last name. Um,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. And my kid's band, you know, is called True Blood. And so, uh, so that's fun too.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Tell me. I love it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're at what True Blood Band, I think on Instagram, they have like a, like, I don't know, six times the amount of followers that I have.
0: (laughs) That's so funny. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. Well, thank you for being here and sharing everything.
1: Thank you. I hope it was helpful and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, mamas, so much for listening. Remember,
0: you are a rock star. I believe in you. Let's doula this. Let's crank it up a notch and let's kick it into high gear together. Hit that subscribe button. Share this episode with a friend. Message me, email me, call me, beat me. You know how to reach me. We're doing this, mamas. I am so excited to catch you here next week. This is your one-stop, go-to place for helping you find the resources you need to make the best choices for you and your family during pregnancy, birth, and most importantly, postpartum. See you later, mamas!